Welcome, everyone, to the most ambitious endeavor in Androphan history. The city-sized, state-of-the-art divinity, and of course its accompanying fleet. The Androphan flagship is equipped with the Divinity Drive, the first-of-its-kind large-scale, faster-than-light drive capable of generating wormholes through the very fabric of reality into a 25-year mission to explore the deepest reaches of uncharted space, to find life both intelligent and unintelligent, document them all, gather data, and most importantly, where appropriate, make first contact. Deliver to them the gifts of the most advanced civilization in the known universe, the solutions to their problems. Answers from beyond the stars. Only the theoretical best and brightest of all Andrafa and their allied worlds have been chosen for this critical, grueling mission. Of course, there are always those that slip through the cracks that get their positions because of nepotism or a lack of competition in a particular area, perhaps even deception. These things happen. On a ship like this, huge though its crew complement may be, everyone wears multiple hats. There's always work to be done, and that's probably for the best. Being locked up together for a generation in a world of metals and plastics can be a strain on the psyche. It's best to keep busy. We board the Divinity now, late in the tenth year of its mission. By this time, the intrepid crew has discovered countless arable worlds and made contact with dozens of civilizations at various stages of technological development. Humanoids who had, just a few short years ago, never been imagined by anyone on Andrafa have joined the crew, signed on to the mission. Not everyone has volunteered to come peacefully, of course, but that's neither here nor there. The mission is going extremely well by any objective measure. Six years ago, the Divinity officially passed beyond the edges of formerly charted space, into realms that had only ever been observed by the most powerful telescopes. The risks out here are high. There's no telling what might be out here. Especially now. This is Pot Against the Machine. You can take away my spaceship. You can take away my space suit. You can even take away my space lasers. But you can never, ever take away my space game. Welcome back to Pot Against the Machine, and here's a real superlative for you. The only Pathfinder actual play podcast to become a Starfinder actual play podcast for its 100th episode. Hello. Extremely lative. Oh, hey. I'm your host, and here's everybody. I forgot to do We're that. not playing Pathfinder <laughs> 1E today. Some say they're still <laughs> playing that Starfinder game that yeah. from that one time. Anyway, let's get a recap. I mean, as far as we're concerned today, you know, Asher, Alwyn, Brixby, Kira, they're all dead. 
well, technically, they're not dead so much as not born yet. Because tonight we're going back in time about 9,000 years and traveling untold light years away from Galarian. We may see answers to some of our biggest questions tonight, maybe. But perhaps more importantly, all of you have a rather unique chance to affect the history of an entire galaxy. The actions of the four of you in this episode, or however many episodes it winds up being, will resonate for at least nine millennia. The very capable Mumble Mumble might never know, but you're about to shape their futures. In the last few weeks, the divinity, traveling at sublight speeds, has passed into a curiously empty section of space, a vast, freezing blackness between the stars. In this space, things have been unusually quiet. Until four days ago, you were all working your normal shifts, going about your days much as you have for years. Now, of course, you're in the bridge of the Dapple, staring down a giant dead ship a hundred thousand miles or more from any backup. But before we get into that, we're going to flash back a little bit more to the moment all of this started. First shift, the shift that all of you work for your normal jobs, starts in less than an hour. What are each of you doing this morning analog, right before your communicators get a ping without warning? Uh, Lysander, of course, uh, inside of his quarters or perhaps the, the shared crew uh, bathroom, um, is, is working on his posture, but also sort of mumbling into his data recorder and maybe just maybe shoving a hand towel in to give him a bit more of an imposing triangular physique. I mean, he would... He would love to, but yes, Lysander Norwich Barstow uh, is a human envoy and uh, is the child of a ranking admiral in the Androphan Navy, uh, set out for diplomatic work from birth, essentially. He has to get his hands dirty, get a bit of a callus, a little noblesse oblige, as it were before he can assume his station as a diplomat. <laughs> he also enjoys literature. Now, don't all volunteer at once to go. Oh, next. I'll pick the next one. Don't you worry. <laughs> What's going on with your character, Jarrell? My character is currently in engineering, uh, whatever that would look like on an Androphid giant colony ship thing. She is a... She is a retired first lieutenant in the Androphan Navy uh, who joined this expedition basically because they needed people with certain skills and she had those available. And they offered her basically, hey, you can be an explorer and go find incredible, amazing stuff, but you have to basically re-enlist. So... She did, and now she is just kind of toiling away, I'm guessing probably fixing some type of large, like, Kirby-esque piece of machinery with a lot of blinking lights and things on it. Uh, she has a little hand rig that I'm going to assume looks like a uh, mix between, like, a Pip-Boy and an iPad uh, plugged into this thing, and she's hitting things on it. Uh, but yeah, um, so her name is Kalexa Mall, uh, original character, do not steal, and 
She is uh, an androphin uh, human woman. She is a mechanic with the ace pilot. Uh, what do you call it? It's not specialty. It's a uh... theme. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, that she was a pilot when she was in the Navy originally. She came back on. They didn't need pilots, but she is working as an engineer because she is also a very skilled mechanic. Yeah, that's about it. Physical description. Uh, imagine Cats uh, and Var with longer hair and no beard. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, what is uh, your character up to right now? Yeah, standing in their quarters over a table full of gadgetry and medical equipment stands uh what at first glance would appear to be uh a familiar-ish four-armed kasatha but wait what is is that metal or something glinting oh i see uh this is tetros 5 in android xenometric kasatha and they in fact speak uh, to themselves as they're preparing for their shift Medical officers, log number 3902. I am preparing for my shift, as I do each day aboard the Divinity. Yesterday was quite eventful. I attended to six microfractures, two chemical burns, four dermal abrasions, and 58 cases of gastrointestinal distress. By all accounts, it was the shrimp. My microlab is fully stocked. In advance of my duties, we are continuing our journey beyond charted space, so it is difficult to feel adequately prepared for the unknown. It has been illogically stated to expect the unexpected, but that is not something that one can do. So instead, I prepare as I do every day for every outcome that has a statistical likelihood of transpiring. Perhaps today we'll we will discover another new life form. Those are days that I find particularly exhilarating. And uh, I guess that that's, leaves us the best for last. Ladies and gentlemen, Izzy. I actually don't have a character. I'm just here to listen. Um, everyone's doing great so far. Thank you. Uh, as we explore the ship, as it were, we come across a tall, purple-skinned drow. Um, they have bright white hair that is tied in like Bantu knots down the center of their head, sort of like a faux hawk situation. Um, they are also in their personal quarters and, um, they have decided to spend this time before their shift, not getting ready. And in fact, they are dressed in like, I don't know, regular casual space loungewear, which I assume is like sweatpants, but silver, um, and they are ignoring this pile of papers on their desk. Something is possibly beeping underneath one of them, but they seem very uh, focused on um, this sort of contraption that they have in their hand, very clearly handmade out of like some uh, silverware or whatever passes for silverware in space and a handful of wires. Um, and as they're sitting there, they have like a little bowl of space nuts. I don't know 
cashews probably uh and they'll toss one in the air with one hand and with the other like um like spin this device around so it fires off a tiny tiny piece of something that might be metal and just shoot it out of the air um and they've sort of made a game of this tossing space nuts higher and higher into the air and just like uh like i don't know shooting skeet or whatever that would be in space um would you say that they're rustling those space nuts I, I, I might say that. I don't know if I can say that yet and have it be funny to anyone but us. Okay. But yeah, okay, we'll say we'll say I do indeed say that. Um, their name is Feral Jays. Feral is spelled with a Y, like science fiction this time. And that is all I have to say. I guess I don't know. We're going to discuss. Well, if we discuss class things, they're uh, operative with the space pirate theme. Um, the rest of the crew don't know much about them. They don't spend a lot of time talking about themselves or other people or anything, really, frankly. They kind of keep to themselves, just kind of shooting stuff as the need arises. Um, you may have heard rumors such as, like, they're an escaped princess from an, a powerful drow homeworld that shall remain conveniently nameless, or perhaps some sort of, uh, space pirate with a literal pirate ship, not the space kind that was manufactured specifically to be in space and open wide, but no one died because that's how amazing space is. Um, you, you know, it could be anything, you're not sure, but in the 10, 11 years we've been on board, uh, the story changes anytime someone asks, assuming that they answer in the first place. And see. All of you get a message on your communicators at pretty much exactly the same time, and it's got like a special ringtone that you can tell means it's official and not just like the group chat. Um, something about how the shrimp was off yesterday. It's not the group chat. It's definitely something from command. Um, and the message is very simple. It just says that you were to report to the office of Master Chief Amasakai at 23.15, which is 45 minutes before your shift begins, but it's also just a few minutes from now. Um, this ship is huge. And you know where she's stationed, and um, even if you drop what you're doing and rush straight there, it's going to be cutting it close. And the Master Chief is a notorious disciplinarian. So what do you do? Uh, let's start with Zack. What does Lysander do? You're coming from administration, so that's probably the shortest walk. Still um, in the bathroom, uh, preening, but I suppose <laughs> with his space toothbrush in his mouth, he says... And so, my dear Paith, I leave you to make my haste. Spits, leaves, starts running um, at a, a, a respectable jog. It's a real jostly jog. Um, he doesn't jog well, but he's jogging. <laughs> Would you like to roll me in athletics just to see how, how well he jogs? <laughs> That's the. F These are the high stakes roles that we really have. glad that when I was putting this character together, I was like, I cannot wait for my first a first athletics role. Man, there is no wall between me and Lysander at this point, and I appropriately roll a four to match his four for an eight. <laughs> All right, so um, it's not the most spirited jog in the history of the divinity. I don't know how impressed your superiors are going to be with that uh, it he was narrating his entire jog and i think that's why he's a bit out of breath 
<laughs> Gets a little distracted along the way. Um, well, Juro, how about uh, Kalexa over in engineering? That's a, a significantly longer trip. You're going to need to have some serious speed to make your deadline. What's the what's the plan to get to the Master Chief? Uh, do we have any sort of, like, transport on the ship? Like, are there little, like, segways or anything around? <laughs> We're on a future spaceship in the past, like, is there... <laughs> Let's say, yeah, you can um, totally steal some kind of space hoverboard. Uh, she's going to do that then. She sees her thing goes off. She hears the alarm. She goes, oh, man. Okay. Uh, turns to the person next to her. Uh, yeah, can, can you finish this up to, uh, I don't know, like some kind of space gnome? Uh, <laughs> just working on the same machine. And she is going to then go and she unplugs her uh, little multi-tool, her custom rig, and goes and jams it into one of these little space scooters and overrides it and rides it there. Alright, why don't you give me a piloting roll, see how well you can dodge the morning crowds. I think it was going to be as, a computer you know, shift threes roll, winded down. bonus points to hack things. Uh, but <laughs> I'll do piloting, let's see. Oh, actually, my piloting is higher even with that. You're an ace pilot. It's <laughs> like, man. Yeah, I was going to say, as a pilot, I assumed yeah. that was well, on purpose. I rolled a four, but luckily I have a plus 13, so that's a 17. That's solid. Um, so how about Tetros 5? You're over in uh, medical. Um, you might have normally had a day of studying xenomorphic anatomy ahead of you and uh, dealing with gastrointestinal distress, but um, instead, how are you going to get to Chief Kai's oh, office? Well, got to be prepared for all situations, and uh, Tetris 5 would just check their communicator and say, a most unreasonable amount of time. And then they would inject themselves with a basic booster to increase their land speed by 10 feet. <laughs> uh, it only lasts, you know, a... Uh, it's only going to last 16 seconds. No, 24 seconds, because math is real good. Starfinder rounds didn't get shorter. Woo! Uh, but that'll give them a, a four, give them a 40-foot movement speed for a while. Hopefully lowering the DC of this terrible athletics check as they begin hastily departing with their microlab in tow. Oh, ho First, Starfinder rolls a natural 17. Granted, only a plus three to athletics, but still a dirty 20. Very nice. And uh, finally, finally, Farrell over in uh, logistics in the quartermaster's office. Um, I assume... Being the overachiever here, rushing right out the door in the space snuggie. You would assume that, yes. Uh, Sam, can I ask a question just about the universe that you've created here? Is there any sort of space okay. ventilation system? Oh, of course. There's got to be space ventilation systems. And I assume, like all good ventilation system that goes directly from the quartermaster's place to the bridge wow. or wherever Cal is did we not Cal um <laughs> Captain Kai did we say we said where did we say they were more importantly did they have a ventil ventilation system there also um I mean it would probably be like a survival role to 
navigate your way through the ventilation I would think so, system. too. That's great. I'm going to do that. Good thing I put so many points in survival. It's one. <laughs> oh, and that is an eight. <laughs> so we're going for nine total. I assume that um, okay. Farrell will be missing this meeting as they are lodged <laughs> in a vent. Three hours later. Farrell, <laughs> Farrell drops out of the air car. vent onto the <laughs> vacant desk of the Master Chief. And they're all gone. I'm like, well, listen, I got here when I got here. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> Chief Kai's office is a, a small and spartan place. The Glockite walls are adorned only by the built-in light panels, and her desk contains only a terminal. Four chairs have been arranged for you along the wall on the door side facing her, and she's standing behind her desk when um, Tetros 5 and Kalexa get there on time. Um, and she'll give each of you um, a, a polite nod as she's, you know, waiting there with her hands folded behind her back and like the officious sort of hello. Um, and then, like, maybe... 2315 arrives and no sign of Lysander and maybe some banging around in the ceiling. Um, but I think, you know, a couple more minutes pass and she's sighing and checking her um, space watch, which is still on your wrist for some reason, but very, very spacey. And um, eventually, <laughs> I think maybe there's some, some clanging in the wall as a vent pops open and there's Farrell. And almost that exact instant, Lysander uh, will come huffing and puffing to the door. Can I, can I say that Farrell at least stuck the superhero three-point landing? Just dropping from the vent? Do I need to roll again for that? No, I think after the indignity, um, you, can, you can have that one. It's not a long the Vaulted 40-foot ceilings in the chief <laughs> take one Master Chief's office. <laughs> <laughs> Do take one damage, though. Um, With the statement <laughs> spike pit right in the center, too. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you definitely get much less cordial nods and hellos as you um, arrive. Um, but I think that as each of you come in and, like, see each other, it probably dawns on you why you're here, because you work in pretty different parts of the ship and you don't probably see each other on a day-to-day -day basis. Instead, the only thing the four of you have in common is the rarely invoked auxiliary responsibility that you all share, crewing the Dapple, a small utility corp with light arms and oversized drive and a big old trailer hitch, essentially, on the back of it. So, um... Once the four of you are in in the office, finally, she hits a button on the desk and uh, the door to her office will slam shut like rather dramatically. They're all pocket doors on this ship because that's the Androffen style. Uh, it slides shut and then the lock engages audibly with like a, a sort of hiss of the hydraulics. And then she ste steps up to the desk and puts her hands down on it like fingers steeped and reaching forward slightly and she says I will attempt to be brief as there's of every possibility that time is against us most of what you are about to hear is classified I have been authorized to grant each of you emergency security clearance code brown 
assume that anyone you encounter beside myself does not hold sufficient clearance to any of this information. Six days ago, our sensors detected a heat-producing, planet-sized entity in the vacuum we currently occupy, the space between the stars. It is extremely far from any stellar body, you understand. Should have shed its heat almost instantly. If that makes any sense, I'm, I'm no scientist. Powers beyond me have made the determination that this phenomenon must be studied. Her lip kind of twitches as she pauses for a second there. Then she says, uh, Four days ago, the habitat module Weldal detached from Divinity, bound for the unknown entity. Projections were that the module would intercept the body within a week and reconnect with Divinity well before the next scheduled jump. Three days ago, their Unity module reported navigation issues, and engineering was struggling to correct them. Two days ago, Unity detected thrust issues. They'd fallen off schedule and were unable to correct. Yesterday, Unity lost consistent communication with the World Doll entirely, and command ordered that the mission be aborted. But the ship has been unable to alter course, and by the start of third shift, Unity had lost connection entirely. The Weardal is effectively dead in the water. Space water. <laughs> so, then we need to fly out, match its speed, grab it, and try to bring it back here? Oh, essentially, yes. Do we have any, uh, we have any guarantees that whatever put it out of commission isn't going to do the same thing to us? Well, we don't know what happened to it besides technological um, glitches, so at this point there's no reason to believe that there's anything more than just a simple computer failure. So yes, you are to travel out there to dock with the ship and uh, first priority is to establish the status of the crew. Mm. Wonderful, darling. You know that I love a field trip as much as the next space person. It does sound like we'll need some hazard pay for this, so I assume that'll be coming in our next checks, perhaps a bonus. Did you have any plans for that before sending us out here on this potentially not dangerous, but also potentially dangerous mission? As you are being temporarily elevated in security clearance, you will receive a pay rate commensurate with a military official of the requisite um, security clearance for the duration of the mission. Wonderful news! You could have started with that. And just to clarify, this also includes uh, the the free continental breakfast. Your dapple will be... I have no idea what the, the food is on your ship. I will say. Well, out of, I mean, that's more your um, department than mine, I would think. Mm -hmm. Finest locker of goo tubes. <laughs> <laughs> and bad shrimp. <laughs> that's the... That's the only no. flavor of Gootoop we have. <laughs> Just the worst shrimp. So this person's title is Master Chief? Chief Mate? What was no. it? Master Chief. Oh. Chief. Master that was Chief. definitely me, the player. Technically, Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy. Yeah, McPon. full title. Yeah. Assuming the Androffin titles are the same as uh, real life ones. They're slightly different in very, very detailed and um, well-established in the canon ways that I know well, um, and Fair. I can't explain them here. I mean, our characters have code brown clearance, but we don't. 
I was gonna say, you could tell. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that that makes the most sense. <laughs> <laughs> Extra it's, brown. It's um, it's code <laughs> rainbow. <laughs> just Excellent. just the codiest. This is going really well. Uh, <laughs> I, I can only hope it takes us as long to get into a dabble as it does to get out of a van. Um, <laughs> Tetros uh, would look at the Master Chief and, and ask her did Unity provide any new information regarding this unknown entity's status prior to the module losing contact? Uh, it is still hundreds and hundreds of thousands of light years away from the uh, world also. We've only been able to provide just the most base level scans there appears to be signs of organic life but they haven't been able to make any determination one way or the other um, of what they would be obviously for something to be alive this far from a star is quite remarkable but it's not worth losing an entire habitat module let alone the people inside and chief oh chief my chief how many brave souls are aboard? Uh, a full complement is uh, 42 people. That appears to be the answer to everything. Thank you. That is untrue on many levels. Oh. Mm, no, no, I'm pretty sure I read that in a book somewhere. Yeah, 42. I, I think he's right. Well, there you have it. Three to one. Tetros <laughs> says nothing more on the matter. But has con is convinced of the very low intelligence scores of these his shipmates. <laughs> hey, got a twelve. Uh, so, um, if you can reestablish Unity's connection to the ship, the AI should be able to take care of everything from a technical standpoint. Um, in the unlikely event that you encounter hostiles, use your judgment as reinforcements will be thousands of clicks out, and we will not be able to get help to you quickly. Oh. Beyond that, you simply bring the habitat module and the survivors back to Divinity, if at all possible. Um, in the extremely unlikely event that the world all cannot be salvaged, you do your best to ensure this is not a one-way trip for, for all of you. Thank you, darling, for the warm send-off. I can really feel the love. Now, these 42, more or less, personnel on board, they won't know we're coming and attempt to, say, shoot us out of the sky, will they? Or space sky? Space, as it were. <laughs> uh, the Weirdal, as a habitat module, is not actually armed with any uh, shipboard weapons. The crew themselves should have weaponry, but once you're close enough, you should be able to contact them just fine. Over short band. Now, you all understand, if I had my druthers, this would be a military operation. But command and administration have made their intentions clear. Every possibility exists that this is simply an engineering failure, and a tr tug is all we need. But I don't like the smell of it, and that's why I've insisted on the four of you. Now, Kalexa, you served Andrafa well in your Navy days. I'm familiar with your service record, and speaking as your would-be commanded officer, I'm prepared to trust your judgment in the field. 
Tetros V, your state-of-the-art is simple as that, the latest model that we have, and you should be more than prepared in the event of a medical emergency. Since we don't know the state of the world all's crew, your services may well be required in that regard. Farrell, uh, you've joined this crew with your people's highest possible commendations. I'm honestly surprised that someone with your resume isn't in a command post, but we're lucky to have you. We need you to keep these people safe. And she turns to Lysander. <laughs> <laughs> and her eyes kind of narrow. Um, like she's trying to bore a hole through his forehead uh, with them. And it's like a long and deeply uncomfortable silence. <laughs> um, and then she says, uh, Mr. Bosto, I, I served under your father at Gavura. Were it not for his bravery and quick thinking, I would not be standing here today. He has written you an extensive letter of recommendation. And I recognize that this will be your first field command, but if you're half the man your father is, or a quarter of the man he says you could be, you will be more than equal to the task. Well, Chief, I'm not quite good with math, but I... Promise that the greatest of men have always stood on the backs of their fathers. <clears throat> Give my regard to your druthers. <laughs> Sorry about your druthers. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, she clears her throat and says, "Um, do you have any any further questions, or we would like to get this mission underway as quickly as possible? I've already arranged for your shifts to be covered by your." co-workers well then i suppose we're on our way um and i'll be expecting the continental breakfast on our return thank you um and feral's gonna well i guess the door is locked so they'll turn toward the door um and try to leave and when that doesn't work we'll instead turn and shoot a cashew out of the air just as i <laughs> sign off <laughs> And then I guess after a second of totally having forgotten that she did lock yeah. everyone in here, she will release the the door and let it slide back into its pocket. Uh, and Kalexa, before we leave, we'll say, uh, just one more thing, sir. Uh, you did say that if you had it your way, this would be a military operation. So does that mean that uh, we could possibly bring a bit more ordinance with us than we normally would on this type of mission. Unfortunately, I don't have the clearance to authorize you any specific um, ordinance from the... Ordinance haver. <laughs> from the... Space armory. Yeah, from, space. from the space armory. But um, whatever you already have requisitioned to you should be sufficient, and then... In the event that you need anything uh, from aboard the world, all there should be plenty of supplies there. All right, but so just so we're clear, anything we do already own, we're okay with taking with us. Uh, yes, I believe so. You, you're not saying you own like a tactical nuke or something? No, 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 that, that no, wouldn't... nothing, nothing like that, sir. Okay. Uh, <laughs> At that, um, <laughs> Feral pokes their head back through the door. Is like, what was that? Tactical? No. <laughs> Imagine Why she would just narrows even... her eyes at me. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone seen my tactical nuke? Cozy. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's like, okay, I'm taking you off the mission. 
<laughs> um, so, end of flashback. It's been four days since then, and you're on your little ship. Um, you've been burning hard for the world all this whole time, and you're on course to catch it basically right now, coincidentally. Um, you're able to stay in contact with the Divinity the whole time. Um, you've got the functioning Unity interface on your ship, and you can um, talk back with the Masakai, but total radio silence from the world all this whole time. Um, so what's the mood on the ship as you make your approach? Any preparations you're taking? Uh, Farrell is um, improvising weapons from whatever isn't stapled, welded. <laughs> How do you how do you stick things in space from anything that isn't stuck? Probably welded. You use that double sight, that uh, <laughs> blue like putty that sticks. <laughs> Scotch double sided tape. Anything that isn't attached mm-hmm. in some way to the rest of the tugboat is being used. Mm. It's all like adamantine thumbtacks, actually, just punched right into the wall. <laughs> I, I mean, I have to imagine Lysander is, is standing in front of the the bridge's window, with his hands behind Blocking his back. Blocking the view of everything. Blocking <laughs> the view of everything. Uh, also just kind of checking his teeth against it as he gets a little bit closer and is like, Oh, fearful ship is done. Oh, sorry, our trip is done. Trip is done. This ship has weathered every rack. The prize we have Thought is one, the port is near, the bells I hear, the people are all exulting. With a slight bow, he turns to the completely empty bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Farrell just mutters under their breath, space nerd. (laughs) Kalex is just kind of concentrating on piloting and getting us matching the speed and everything of this thing. Do, doing her job. Reading through Expanse a lot, uh, <laughs> even when something isn't moving, they have to spend three paragraphs talking about how it's still technically moving. <laughs> oh, this thing is so it's technically moving. moving. So hard. It's the most technical. Tetros would be of all moves. Sitting. And he they Petrus always sits just with rigid posture, like there's no programming on how to relax into your seat. So they are just <laughs> just sitting there at you know adrift as they were as it were in space. No, uh, just sitting at at the console, continuing to to scan in this sort of science officer role to update themselves and unless told to please stop telling us how how far away we are would continue to update we are approximately you know, X number of clicks from the world doll scanning and then it would just keep doing that and I'm sure after four days nobody is tired of it <laughs> Well, I do think that, um, thankfully, you're close enough to actually, like, scan-scan the ship. Like, you probably can't physically see it because space is so gigantic, but the instruments Especially are picking it up. Especially the saxophones. Uh, 
Yeah. Then uh, does that sounds like a computer's <laughs> check? Yeah. I think Let's that see would if we be get appropriate. Some info on the old Weldall, Weldall, Roldall. That's a natural twenty for a thirty-two. Ooh. Wow. You get so much information about the world all. Um, the scans are, are definitely pretty conclusive. The ship's reactor is still up. Looks like it's running um, nominally. Uh, there, It appears to be um, pretty high power output. Like higher than you would expect for a ship that's not using its drive at all. It's not going anywhere and it doesn't have any weapons. So hard to say what it's using that power for um life support is still running uh based on your scans the atmosphere appears to be breathable uh you have life signs indicating 37 living crew which is you know five short of a full complement but given the circumstances it's it's not horrible there are people alive in there i think based on what you can see Something definitely did happen here, and they can't move, they can't communicate. They're kind of sitting ducks. Did the scans reveal any like, damage exterior-wise? Yeah, it looks totally clean. No, okay. Scans indicate that the world doll is still largely functional, although not in motion. Reactor output is unusually high, but life support is still functioning normally. Atmosphere appears breathable. 37 life signs detected on board. 37? Yes, in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Well then, that sounds like uh, more loot for us. Uh, Once we return to the ship, of course, maybe we... Bad... Scoop them, scoop them up, attach them to us. I don't know space tugboat jargon. We just throw throw the net around them and head on back. We will tow them. Yes, tow. Yes, let's let's set up the towing then. Yes, the dapple is equipped with a very large space trailer hitch and an even larger heart. Stop Stop it. Uh, Throw the space cashew at him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm allergic Uh, to those. The chief, though, didn't she say we were supposed to make contact with them first? So, I mean, if they're not able to answer us because of the power, shouldn't we dock with them before we start pulling them? We don't know what kind of situation they're in. If we just start yanking their ship around, we could cause all kinds of damage. I suppose if you want to do it the long way, I'm just saying, if we want to get back to that continental breakfast, we uh, we hook them up and tow them back. And won't that be contact of a sort, after all? I assume that we need to touch them in some way to tow them. I don't... Again, I'm not clear on space jargon. Are we within communications range for a short band? <laughs> uh, yeah, you should be able to short band. Short band, um, Is... Uh, is Lysander of the Gentle Heart our effective captain on the ship, or is that pilot? 
Oh yeah. yeah oh I'm no. It's it it's yeah. it's. I mean, there have been a lot of <laughs> captainly decisions that are floated by the crew, but that just speaks to Lysander's <laughs> captaining that he really is a crew of captains. <laughs> and that's really what you want. Oh, and definitely, a, and a captain is a team player. <laughs> as a team player. Uh, Lysander, dear, uh, go read one of your poems to the people and see if they respond as violently as we all do. Thank you. And, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a thon. <clears throat> uh, hawk. Hawk. I say. And squints into the just straight, like maybe an inch. He really doesn't get technology very well, um, so he's maybe about an inch from the the short band. Then he turns over uh, back to his friend Tetros Five. Did it thend? Would you like me to activate the calm, Captain? Yes, yes. That's it's, 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 it's a fine rehearsal, which is what's needed for a monologue of saving, rescuing. <clears throat> yes, yes, uh, uh, I'm, I'm ready. You may activate the, the thought band. Tetros 5 will activate the short band uh, and quickly before Captain Norwich Barstow is able to hark unto them, will say, the dapple attempting to contact Module Weirdal, here is a message from our captain. <laughs> oh, Weirdal, wear out thee in the. <laughs> God, I can't you can. I believe in you. I got this. Whew. Oh, Weirdal, where are thee amongst the th- Bathy skies that lay before me. Is anyone there? Hello. You're, you're, you're sure the, it's on? Uh, you don't get any response from the where it all. Just total radio silence, not so much as an acknowledgement beep. And you're sure you read life signs on that ship? Affirmative, Captain. Habitat module Weirdal, please indicate receipt of message. We have been sent from Divinity to assist you in returning. Please respond. Perhaps they're still processing my opening fuselade. Yes. Have, have you tried Shell Silverstein? He tends to be a little more accessible than you. Hmm. That tree gave so much. Well, yeah. Before we go bumping any more glumps, maybe we should think that. I mean, the drive is out, so it could be that just they're not able to send or receive transmissions. The radio could be out. I mean, clearly, habitat control is working, or they'd all be dead, but it could be that whatever controls communications is down too and they can't s- reply it just seems more and more like we really need to go on board like the chief said 
I think Unity will chime in at this point and say it. I am not detecting any activity from the radio antenna whatsoever. Well, I do love a party. I suppose if we need to put together something boarding-wise, uh, I can, you know, make sure that we're along safe for the ride. And also, there's other people on the board of the ship. They'll, they'll be safe, too, I guess. And we'll, like, reach into a pocket and pull out a pistol of some sort? IDK. Farrell knows much more about space weapons than Izzy does, but it's impressive. <laughs> It's just the spaciest of space weapons. It's so space. Like, if I had a choice, it would look like the um, Needler from the Halo game, since that's in my head now. Um, I was going to guess more from the Martian's little pistol thing. <laughs> oh, I want, I want this. I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, mechanically, it's very tiny and impressive. But in my head, it's a whole space cannon. Cut all, cut all that out. That's fine. Here we go. No, no, you no, absolutely would have been gifted the noisy cricket. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking of too. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it's, it's so true. Perhaps, Captain, the radio antenna not showing any activity may be a sign that it is either not functional, as uh, Kalexa has suspected, or perhaps its range is reduced from whatever mechanical issues has befallen them, we should continue to attempt to make contact as we approach. Yes, yes, but what is better than an audience already in captive? Let's dock. (laughs) Let's dock. Right, one docking coming up. Uh, Piloting check. Uh, yeah, and you know the docking tubes on the habitat modules are on the underside of the ship. Not that there's really any up or down in space, but effectively, it's you know you come up from underneath it. I'm um, gonna s- get a piloting check yeah, too. I'm gonna switch back to physical dice pretty soon. Uh, that is my uh, third roll under a six in a row because uh, I accidentally clicked computers earlier when Jeff was doing it and got a 5 and just got another <laughs> 5 now. Uh, so that is an 18. Alright, well, lucky for you, this is not a very difficult maneuver uh, since the ship is a, a big target and it's not doing anything evasive at this point. It's just drifting. So you're able to come up underneath it and bring your tugboat up along the much larger ship's uh, docking tubes and connect, but uh, looks like the interface for the docking tubes doesn't automatically engage. Um, It's almost like we're going to need some kind of a computer's check to make the computer do what you want. Uh, Would this be considered... uh, Would it be considered getting inside a computer or electronic device? Uh, oh yeah, it's actually all skill checks. I think it was only for hacking, but it's literally all computer skill checks that that goes on to. So it's probably just on my sheet as it is. Uh, oh yeah, it is. It's already calculated in for everything. Awesome. Uh, unless our medic wants to do it, because I don't know if you have a higher computer uh, than me. Petros plus has 11. a plus twelve. Uh, if this were hacking, he could also do it in half the time because he has his four hands. 
and his four-armed hacker feet, or four-handed hacker, rather. He has two <laughs> computer hacking kits, so he can do it with both sets of arms. Yeah, is this a hack, or are we just, like, doing, like, a handshake with their system? I mean, this is effectively a hack because the system's basically unresponsive, so you're kind of brute-forcing your way in. So uh, then she will uh, turn to Tetros and say, All right, Metal Man, this is uh, your area of expertise. Oh, hang on. Expertise. You want to roll to aid? Uh, yeah, I'll roll to aid. That is a 23. This is, so that is inevitably going to be better than my <laughs> entire roll, but let's see. Uh, I am both mechanical and biological. And then he will with his four super cool alien hands roll computers check <laughs> yeah so I rolled a 22 <laughs> plus the aid would be a 24 <laughs> so 24 you did it <laughs> um, yeah with that 24 you're able to basically force a, a back door into the docking tube and um, Unity will chime up and say There is something interfering with access to the ship's entire computer system but it appears you have gained access at least And you are officially docked with the world all and that means to the first map Ooh. Locked, docked Two smoking barrels I don't think I've seen Zach's token before. Oh my god. The docking tube opens into an airlock, perfectly function. Perfectly functioning. The airlock closes behind you, pressurizes automatically, and allows you all into a wide, well-lit corridor. The air in here smells strange. The air on an Androphan ship is very carefully reprocessed under normal circumstances so that even the most sensitive nose can't pick up an actual scent at all. It's like it's engineered to be totally scentless. But there's a distinct kind of fetid something hanging in the air in here. More organic than any of you have smelled in a decade since before this mission began. And then there's a large door at the far end of the room. Um, I am remembering my character's name, which is Feral. Pulls out a weapon and starts toward that door. Does does not confirm or anything with uh, their teammates. Just <laughs> right on out. <laughs> and I will say, uh, Kalexa has, and she would have grabbed this out of uh, storage on the tugboat before he we went out, a... Uh, long arm it looks like a some kind of cobbled together rifle with like what looks like maybe like electromagnets or something uh studded along the, the entire length of the barrel and it's got like an oversized almost comically oversized magazine stuck to it and oddly even though it looks like it should be a two-handed weapon uh she's carrying it fairly easily in her left arm while carrying her uh custom rig in her right hand tetros uh in his left set of arms is wielding a, a what looks like a spear but on the end of it is a 
uncomfortably large syringe. And in his right hand, uh, the top right hand, <laughs> uh, they have a, they actually do have an advanced needle or pistol. Because that's a real thing, is he? In Starfinder. And when Zack was uh, joking in our Discord earlier about so many hands to stab with, that was exactly the plan. Uh, on the attached to the bottom of the needler pistol in a basically like a bayonet is a syringe stick. So they are prepared to help or hinder from multiple ranges and still have a free hand in case, you know, somebody needs a serum. <laughs> he looks around and says, oh, is it going to be quite dangerous? And pulls out his Ifrit class Infernian space pistol. <laughs> First try. <laughs> no time has passed. <laughs> okay. Well, if we're all act, if we're all actually saying our weapon names, then I will pretend that I always knew that you could actually have a needler, and that's fine. Um, and instead, go for a Angkor pistol Voltaic, which was literally the first thing on the on the menu. So. <laughs> truly don't know what it can do, but we will see. So that, that's all. Thank you. And I, I know you're really hard trying to, to do a flavor text, but uh, you mentioned this distinctly different odor. Uh, and is that something that a life science role could be used to recall knowledge about to see if we can identify what this odor might be from? Is it just nasty 37 life form sweat? What's going on here? Uh, you could totally life science that bad boy. That bad, stinky, stinky boy. I was really hoping this was some really weird, small 7, seven of a 17, but it's actually done, it was an upside down 4 uh, for an 18. <laughs> well, that happens to actually be exactly the DC. Life science 18 recognizes a distinct combination of of organic decay, chemical preservatives, and earth. It's sort of like the, the smell of a, a grave waiting to be closed. It seems to be coming through the ventilation. I was going to suggest compost, but grave is good. Or bad. That's just flavor. I don't... It's written into the module. I don't know mm, why they said that. flavor. Module you wrote... There's no telling who wrote it. <laughs> so we're, we're getting some grave no. scent. Uh, hang on, we have a map now. I was gonna ask if we see anything, but we don't. I, have I have I moved toward the door? Where is yeah. the door? The door is here, directly in front no, of you. Basically. No, okay, got it. No, no, it's left, here. right. Yeah. There we go. I would like to try and open. Right, oh god! Yeah. I poked through the door. Can I open the door? <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you've got sufficient swipe card access for all these okay, doors. So then, Feral will move toward you the door with their weapon that I said to everyone before, and just sort of stand in the room. Can I do like a space perception to to just look around sure. in here a little bit? It's still Stop called it, Sam. Perception. Let me have yeah. this. Uh, <laughs> space percepting. 
Oh no, that's a three. Uh, ugh. Okay, so like 12 total. Yeah, just a floor. Right. No, it looks like a boring spaceship room. Boring spaceship room as expected. Have fun, I'll go ahead. Um, and Farrell will go back to shooting space nuts. Um, in this room, <laughs> you do have a, a large metal desk at the back here with a terminal sitting on it. Um, then you can see the computer screen is glowing, wasting valuable energy. Um, shelves of supplies, mostly standard issue vac suits, line the walls here. Everything is immaculately cleaned and organized like someone from the quartermaster's office has just been through for an inspection. Um, and the only sound in here is the gentle hum of electricity that has basically been omnipresent forever, so you don't even really hear it. There's a double door sitting at the back of the room, and then there's also a door um, behind the desk. Looks like it leads into like a storage closet. So when Tetros did a scan, does it does it like say what part of the ship the the life force situation is coming from, or like is it just? It basically just gives you the complement of biological life forms on the ship. It doesn't tell you where they That's are. Fair. Anything useful like that? I'm admiring the size of these space screws right here. Really holding the whole place together. Uh, does anyone see anything? Perhaps a welcoming committee? Adoring fans? Liza, darling, as I've just mentioned, there's nothing here in this room. It's a quite boring space room. Uh, there seems to be a computer over here that, I don't know, we'll let Tetris deal with. Uh, as for your adoring fans, is it possible they could be um, decaying? I, I, I may uh, appeal to an octogenarian, centenarian set. But I, I would say that my prose resonates with the youth. I resent that remark. And he starts sort of shuffling <laughs> forward. Is that, a, is that a door? Is that a space door? <laughs> yeah, there, there's a space door in front of Lysander, and then there's a space door in front of Tetros. He said the terminal was glowing. Uh, Tetros would yeah. like to see if he can access the computer with a roll. Well, somebody, somebody left it in a lock screen, but with a roll, you might be able to get in there. Before he rolls, uh, before I roll for them, uh, they will just pay, look under the keyboard and say, sometimes people leave key cards or access passwords where they may be easily accessed in case <laughs> of circumstances just like this. Oh my goodness, low nostalgic. <laughs> Sadly, this time there's no password under the keypad. Due diligence, and then they will set their pistol and spear down so they can get all four hands on this terminal. Now, can we do the uh, NCIS thing and I can give him an aid? Yeah. Stand over. <laughs> their shoulder and go like this is what you're gonna hack or so she will uh yeah she will get on the other half of his keyboard and <laughs> we'll each type on half of it like the entirely realistic 
television series what? that is. Uh, 26, so that is an aid. Should have let you roll. I think you'll get the next one, uh, because that was only a, a 19 from Tetro, so a 21 with the aid. But it doesn't even crack it. <laughs> Perhaps I should switch seats with you. Collect the... Oof. That doesn't crack it. We try a second time? Yeah, okay. Collexa can give it a shot. Okay, so she will give it a try, and I'll probably roll like garbage, because it's... Been... Oh, no, that's... The highest level I've gotten tonight. Uh, that is uh, a 29. Can. Yeah. Oh, so a 31. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's plenty um, to get in. Uh, this looks like it was a, a log of communications going back and forth. Um, a long string of, of unread incoming communications. If you keep scrolling, there are sent communications that never actually transmitted. I don't know if you're interested in looking at any of them or just getting a sense of what's there. Looking at this, they've been getting messages and they've, it looks like they've been trying to send them out and they're not going. Uh, so she's going to look through, what's the, I think she'll look at the most recent one they've attempted to send out. Uh, it looks like the last one they attempted to send out was a request for direction to it says a small stealth craft appeared to dock with them, like, without notice, without alerting the computers at all. It just engaged the docking tubes and connected. And they were going like, please advise, basically. But they clicked send and it didn't go anywhere. What? Okay. Everybody come look at this. Uh, it says here some kind of stealth craft oh, no, boarded wait, their ship. Read, read it with enthusiasm. <sighs> okay. It says here some kind of stealth craft boarded their ship and they must be blocking their messages. Feral offers polite applause. Yes. <laughs> Until they see Lysander doing it and they stop. <laughs> no, Lysander's more of a snap guy himself, anyways. I fail to see how the enthusiasm affects your ability to interpret the message. Agreed. And that is what separates flesh from machine. Oh my <laughs> god, you can't just like say growing. that. I, I, I'm not saying that a, a poet's heart does not beat inside this metal breast, but... Uh, my, my friend Tetro sees the world in a bit more science, where it is a riot of art. You should examine the rest me. of the messages. Okay, let's, uh, if we look through the rest, do we see anything <laughs> else uh, of interest? Um, and you see basically numerous status reports of, of all the systems failing, and it appears like uh, intermittent computer failures, their inability to get into different systems sometimes, and sometimes they can break in, but, um, and it looks like all these technical problems were just mounting over the course of several days. And you do see that a whole bunch of incoming communications came from the Divinity, and you actually see, like, your incoming communication from just a little while ago is sitting there unread, so they did receive it, but it doesn't doesn't look like anybody listened to it and um it doesn't look like they could respond are we able to see or tell like how when someone last accessed this computer or can we just assume um 
if there are messages from X days ago, they weren't listened to, and therefore this computer hasn't been used. Does that make sense? That is what I will assume, unless there's yeah, a look, more definite way to suss that out. It looks like this computer hasn't been used in at least a couple days. Are there, like, space cameras on this place, like, at all? Like, any sort of... Like any any cams. Yeah, record cam, like, that we could see more about the, the ship that docked or maybe anybody that might have gotten off of it. Like an SCCTV. We oh. access the Eufy cams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or even if we can just get a live feed of what's going on in the rest of it now if we can't see archived. I think that you would um, know that you'd need to be in some kind of security office for that or maybe on the bridge. That's not the kind of feed you'll be you'd be able to get just from a random terminal. Mm. Fair. Right. We should we press forward then. What do you make of that door back there? Oh, it's quite nice, very dense. Uh, does a good job of staying shut, I suppose. I'm sorry. Did you want that more enthusiastically? Oh, door! Look how closed you are, etc. Lysander affixes a nice dramatic try Excellent. sticker to the space outside sticker. Of. <laughs> space sticker. Could yes. we access? Did we have access to uh, like a blueprint or like a diagram of the ship's layout, this habitat module in advance? Would we already kind of know where things are? Yeah, you would generally know. Um, like this is a storage closet. The um, docking deck is uh, very small and basic. It's just basically for in and out. Well, it should just be a storage closet. That's what's standard on this model of ship. But could be something useful in there. Yes. What does it hold in store? You know, open it. I'm, I'm all the way over here. <laughs> the captain. <laughs> I'm just captaining right now. Uh... If it can be, yeah, um, Farrell will walk up to the door and attempt to open it, if it can be opened. Any chaos space doors work. Good. Yeah, you've got um, all the space keys. Oh, that's right. Okay. (laughs) Um, So opening up that door, um, it was locked, but you do have the space keys. The walls in here are lined with storage lockers. Each one is clearly labeled uh, with what inventory controlled items they contain. Uh, So you have one that's labeled like tactical numbing beams, one that's labeled riot shields, one that's labeled um, basic med kits. Um, There does happen to be a locker at the back labeled explosives. I don't know if anyone cares about that sort of thing. Go ahead and make a hard line toward that guy. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure a couple of us have grenade <laughs> proficiency. <laughs> pretty sure I have neither, but still interested. <clears throat> well, if you crack open the locker labeled explosives, you do find a 10-pack of Mark II frag grenades. Though if you open it, one is missing, so you know, it's only nine. And um, five Mark I riot grenades. Guess we'll hang on to these. Call it a search and rescue fee. Tuck those into a baggie, I guess. I, I can't use. I don't think I can use grenades yeah, I if I don't have proficiency. But uh, for for fun, we'll just grab them. Oh yeah, yeah. Ly- Lysander will hold on to some of those. Yes, uh, Collector will also take a couple. 
I'll take three, four, four. Do you want a bunch? Are you? I'll you have take, a long. I'll take now, three right? of each. Yeah, I was gonna say you. You all should take them first, uh, and then Farah will take whatever's left over, just because they like exploding things. Well, I did already have two of these, Captain. The message logs indicated that small stealth vessel had docked. Perhaps I should return to the Dapple and attempt a scan to see if there are any ships that may have evaded our notice. Perhaps. But we could also do that from the bridge. We're not confident. Not very smart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Captain, my Captain. We do not know whether their sensors can be accessed, but the Dapples maintain functionality at least as of now. Uh, and he would just turn on and walk away and go back through the airlock to the dapple. <laughs> yeah, let's get back on the dapple. Let you this all good. seem very competent about... and can handle yourselves for a few minutes while I attempt to scan. Uh, he will. They will absolutely. Even though he doesn't breathe, they don't. Androids don't breathe. They would sort of have a a sigh of relief. Uh, in a moment of solitude and would return to the dapple, splitting the party. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, the dapple is full of monsters. The dapple disconnects. The Aslanti are there. Um, Yeah, if you want to give me another uh, roll to scan from the dapple. I assume everyone else is taking off into the ship while you're gone. Mm -hmm. Different directions. That's totally fine. Uh, much better since it wasn't hacking. <laughs> uh, 17 <laughs> on the die for a 29. Uh, seeing if there's any indication of this or any other sort of ships trying to av- avoid or no- evade notice, avoid notice evasively. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there are any other ships in the vicinity. Uh, so either they're very, very hidden or they're not there. Uh, as has been discussed in another Starfinder podcast, uh, uh, Tetris will turn uh, turn the keys off the da- turn the dapple off and take them with him them so that the ship can't be stolen because starships have keys. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, why wouldn't they have keys? I mean, you can also just put it behind one of the the space. Um, what are those things called? Visor, the, the visor, space visor. Yeah, space visor. <laughs> yeah, yeah down and There's the like a lot out. of sun. The space out there. Yeah, no, the little, like, sun visor that you flip. Oh, that guy, yeah, 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 sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. You can just stick the keys back there perfectly. Safe. The ship has its own V-Mods. <laughs> <I love laughs> and then Tetros will return. How, how was right. your sojourn? I did not detect any other crafts of any kind. It was... Well, you should probably go check again. You know what? Maybe they just Let's all get on the dapple. Let's do a little. I think we could have docked better. Honestly, let's get on there. Let's have a long docking. Get back sequence. in the van. Tetris retrieves their weapons and will <laughs> proceed to the double door. Three party members. <laughs> all right, are we moving on? Tally ho! Let's do yeah. it. All right, this double door at the end of this corridor opens. 
into a another hallway, a twenty foot long, ten foot wide um, hallway that is not lit properly, and it's showing you things that aren't really on the map. Um, but the smell in here is much stronger. Um, like you'd almost expect the ground to be covered in dirt, just that earthy smell coming in here. But other than that, it's a featureless room. And let us admire this here. featureless room for <laughs> seven to twelve more minutes. I mean, no one's got any buff going. We're fine. So there's there's one door just in front of us. That's it. Yeah, just like at the end of the hallway, there's another door. Like to go ahead and pop that one open as well, if the super keys work. Space key, excuse me. Yeah, that'll open into an easy, easily recognizable crew and freight elevator, which is empty save for the glowing panel of controls on the northwest side. A coil of tubes run from the left side of the panel into the wall, while a single square window on the panel blinks with several lines of text glowing in bright blue. What are they? What are they? <laughs> uh, it has a list of the decks. Uh, deck one is highlighted, and it says docking. It's highlighted because that's where you are. Uh, deck two is crew. Deck three is science. Deck four, engineering. Deck five, bridge. But bridge does have a warning in red text that says emergency protocols activated, bridge sealed. Well, it does seem like if we want to have any fun aboard this heap, we should head up to the bridge then. Ooh, unless you think they have snacks in the food area of the spaceship. Space food cafeteria. So, as you all gather into this elevator, the elevator door snaps closed suddenly, and those vents that have been pumping the rather stinky air in, they start blowing, like, much, much harder. And the console with the list of decks on it flashes um, to just red text that just says override. And um, why don't we roll for initiative? Just real quick. Just a little quick initiative. Space initiative. Space initiative. Such a high bonus. Why is it garbage? Garbage. This is basically just to determine what order you all go in. I think Hephaestus just doesn't look and I think it's... Maybe the site's glitched in his D10s instead of D20s. I might have a D6, honestly. Possibly a D4, given my two rolls thus far. <laughs> Those are good signs. Uh, so what does Kalexa have? Uh, Kalexa rolled a 7 for a 15. Really putting that in improved initiative to use. Alright, how about Tetros? <laughs> uh, Tetros rolled a 16 on the dice for a an 18. Cool. Um, how about Feral? Uh, Feral has a 17 uh, for a 21. Alright, and Lysander. Respectable 2 for a 5. Wow. <laughs> All right, so let's start with Feral, since Feral got the best initiative. Before you do anything in this locked and increasingly stinky elevator, can I just get a real quick fortitude? Sure can. Save? 
Or can do that. Uh-oh. That's a two on the die. This is fine. Um, I'm gonna look at my four. Say, oh, so that's a four? Four total? Good thing I am so fortitudinous. Uh-oh. Uh, guess what? You're, uh, poisoned. You are officially on the, uh, wisdom poison track, uh, which basically means you get the uh, minus two to will saves and a minus two to wisdom based spell DCs, which probably doesn't affect you. Yeah, no, not particularly. Uh, poison, okay, but wisdom poisoned? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna add that to my character sheet because of how I know what that means. I mean, you just read it, so I do know what that means, it's fine. All right, um, and is there anything you'd like to do against this um, situation you find yourself um, in? I would like to... Att- is there any sort of blocking mechanism that we can see, or like uh, an otherwise... I guess we, there's that... Is it just the panel that we can see with the decks on them? Uh, yeah, there's, there's the computer panel that you can interface with, and then there's the vents that are actually pumping gas in here right now. Um, I guess... I'd like to try and close the vent. They're not giving us, like, breathing air. I mean, they're giving us poison air. Uh, right now, they are giving you some poisony air. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's pop those closed. All right, uh, you want to do an engineering check to try to force those Absolutely vents shut? Absolutely, I do. Ugh, come on, team. Um, nope, that's an eight. This is not my night except for that one time I rolled initiative. All right, well, uh, the vents remain open. The gas keeps coming in. Um, let's see, Tetros uh, is up next. Um, now, you said Tetros doesn't have to breathe. Is that correct? So, so yes, Tetros does not breathe, and uh, so don't suffer environmental effects for being in a vacuum, but unless so unless this uh an effect specifically targets a construct uh, i do get a, a, a racial bonus against disease and poison etc so i think i could still be poisoned even though i don't require oxygen i don't know how that um how you'd rule it, that. well i think it would probably be if you're injected with poison okay. but I'm, yeah it de- it would depend on how it's administered yeah yeah i would say since it's in the air uh you get a pass on this poison um and you can take an action to try to fix the situation here. Okay. Uh, so the only panel that we saw was the deck selection overridden. And you said the vents. I could try an engineering to see if I could shut them. Yeah, you can try an engineering to shut the vents. You could try to hack the panel. Okay. Uh, while he moves to... They move to try and close the panels... Uh, the vents, Tetris would say to his crewmates, I recommend you activate the environmental protections on your armor. Since all of you breathe, it will protect you from, well, the environment. And then you will attempt to close the vents with an engineering. Probably not. Uh, 21? Oh, so close. Um, yeah, with a 21, you, it's just not quite enough to get the vents closed maybe you get one of them but there's you know probably four vents around the room the gas is still coming the gas is still coming and it doesn't stop coming <laughs> and all right yeah, end of turn. 
So, Kalexa, why don't you give me a quick fortitude save? That is... nice. That is a three on the die for an eight. Ah, so you are wisdom poisoned as well. We're just walking around in here without our spacesuits on, huh? Oh, so that... Well, it was a breathable atmosphere. So you have your uh, suits on, and you, but it's not like it's not zero G and stuff. Yeah. So you don't have the environmental controls, though you can activate them now to protect yourself from further danger. Yeah, I think after getting a lung full of that, she's going to activate it. So if she can get rid of this later, it doesn't immediately come back. All right. And then what would you like to do to try to mitigate the situation? Here? Uh, I think she's going to attempt to do the uh, same thing that Tetris did and try to use uh, engineering to close those vents. So that is going to be a 17, which is not going to do it because he failed on 21. Yeah. Which... It makes sense that she couldn't. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Standard yeah. action to activate your armor, and you're like, "Let me try and do that." Oh no, I only had a move. So action. She could totally move to it, but she couldn't close the gap. That is not a swift. Well, Lysander, how's it going, buddy? Lysander, yeah, he's um, I mean, he's wearing a, a, a D suit, a disembark suit. Um, so that does have like a rebreather and a helmet, but he's definitely not wearing it. So. I guess we're going to figure out how it's going for, for old buddy, aren't we? That's probably not good, Cap. Oh, Ooh. hey, look, it is a D6, not a D4. Because I rolled a 6 this time. First a 4, then a 2, now a 6. So that's an 8 for my fortitude save. Yes, <laughs> wisdom poisoned as well. Wow. You could have wow. got lucky. Your 8 might have been better than my 8 somehow. <laughs> Off to a great start. Uh, yeah, it's the first stage, which is the weekend one. Um, yeah. I, It might be... Weakened, the first step is, is weakened. Yeah, because the only one above that is healthy, where if you click on that, it says you're cured and don't have anything wrong with you. So I'm assuming weakened is the first wow. one. Can't believe all of the organics failed first save. Can you really not believe it? I literally almost took that iron stone that allows you to go without breathing, because I thought it would be hilarious that he uses it for, like, long soliloquies and only chooses to take large inhales of breath. But no, no, apparently that joke didn't make it, and uh, it would have been useful. Well, would you like to try anything to address your situation? Well, I mean, again, my standard also to de-suit up. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my throw on the rebreather and the helmet that comes with the disembark suit. <clears throat> and go. <coughs> In case you all didn't know, going before me in the initiative. All right, Farrell. Feel a little under the weather now? Uh, not, not great, not great. And so I guess um, they will also do the helmet thing. Question aside, is that like a is that like a Starfinder standard, or is that a thing I needed to have? It, it's in my built head? into yeah, like every not, set, like of armor. almost every armor has. Excellent. I don't right. think there's any that you would have got that wouldn't have it. Cool. Then I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Um, which I think we just set as a standard. So the rest of my turn will be like, this is gross. Um, and then also asking, can you say again? It's a weakened wisdom is a minus two to your wisdom. 
um, to will saves and to any spell DCs that are keyed to wisdom, which is probably nothing cool. for any of you. If you're using Hesphestus, uh, nice. I don't know if you are, right. but if you are, it's got a little thing for it on there. Okay. I, I did. I got it to work. Totally might be wrong, but it's like poisoned, listed on set, upon initial exposure, regardless of whether she succeeds at her saving throw, the victim loses a number of hit points equal to the poison's DC minus 10. Oh. Well, you all lose 7 HP. I guess. <laughs> Except Tetros. Tetros is fine. That comes. Was Zach that raising his hand, being like, didn't we have homework to <laughs> do? Thank teacher. you for that. <laughs> and um, Tetros, you're fine. You should, I don't know what everyone's so worried about, but would you like to take any actions to try to resolve the situation? Uh, this is as their first and free action, seeing poor Captain Lysander struggling. Tetros will will look, and you could you might think he they were smirking if they ever had an expression, and they would say, perhaps there are some benefits to having a metal composition despite your attestations to the opposite. And then Tetris would attempt to uh, engineer the remaining vents closed. That's better. A 14 off the dice for a 26. All right. So with four arms and no poison, Tetros 5 manages to force shut all of the vents, which sort of engage, engages like a click in the walls as it as the mechanism goes like gets confused because it, it was trying to dump air in here and now it can't something resets and there's all sorts of clanging and we're going to drop out of initiative as the threat appears to have cleared you're all I think wearing your spacesuits now <laughs> um, and you maybe learned not to trust the environment in here the override disappears from the computer panel but also um did you know that in space no one can go to bed yes oh okay <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah uh-huh. that is empirically inaccurate <laughs> so i so what don't yeah. good night good space night yeah. sam have a have a night uh <laughs> bye, bye, space, bye, night. Sam. It's always no, it's night like, in space. Space, space bye. <laughs> space bye. <laughs> it's always night space, in space. Space night. Space night. Space night. Rom space night. Yo, DJ Hal, bring that beat back. I'm sorry, Lars. I'm afraid I can't do that. So what can you do? I can play this awesome guitar solo. Against the Machine is property of Network Against the Machine, LLC, all rights reserved. Starfinder and Pathfinder are property of Paizo Publishing. See their website, paizo.com, for more information. Yes, I'm an alien. Yes, I'm an alien. Yes, I'm an alien. I come from outer space. Yes, I'm an alien. Yes, I'm an alien. Yes, I'm an alien. I came to rock this place. Thank you to MC Lars for our theme song for episode 100, Space Game. We encourage you to check him out at patreon.com slash mclars. Additional sound credits are available in the show notes. As always, if you like what you hear, we encourage you to leave us a review on your pod chaser of choice. She backs out of the roll 20 by accidentally hitting the button on the side of her mouse while she's looking to see what Sam just wrote. And let's see. Oh man, the T 
tip fell out of my pencil. It's a bad sign. I've forgotten your character's name. It's, it's Feral. Feral. Uh, 